It's everyone's favorite show about all things Utah. A show where four hosts, and sometimes a guest, discuss whatever they want regarding Utah, and mostly stay on topic. It's the new Utah Podcast, with your hosts, Bree, Chris, Jeremy, and Jessica. Well, it's episode 253 of the new Utah Podcast, and I am sad that I didn't hear the intro music. I was just going to say, where the hell's our intro music? Well, it's not here because we are Skyping with Jess. And in order for me to capture her audio, I can't run it through where we have the other audio and still allow everything to be heard and recorded. I have to splice that in later. And you guys have to suck it up and deal with it. We're sucking. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) go ahead. We also have, uh, in addition to our four normal glorious hosts, we also have a guest co-host, Jeremy's daughter, actually, Julia, his eldest of the four. Hello, nice to meet you. Not counting the dogs. Yeah, dogs don't count. They're younger, though, even than Jonathan, aren't they? Depends on how you want to look at it. If you're talking doggy years, Evo's like 72. No, I'm not talking in made-up bullshit years. I'm talking about actual revolutions around the sun. Then Ebo's just barely younger than Jonathan. Isn't yeah. Ebo like 9 or 10? No, Ebo's like 12. He's almost oh. 11 or 12. Oh. Jonathan's thir- 14? 13. 13? Yeah, Chopper's older 13. than Jonathan. You yeah. don't even know how old your kid is. It's what happens when you have four. It's hard to keep track. You, know, you start losing... Uh, an understanding of when they were born and things like that. So, first question, Julia: When were you? Uh, when were you born? What month? October. January. Yeah. Well, you already know. You're her dad. <laughs> you were there. You know when. I was happened. there. You know how it happened. You want to tell the story to your daughter of how it happened? Oh, we got a funny story, actually. What? I don't think. I oh, think that's you missed different. It. I don't. I think you missed it. Yeah. Missed we're talking so about when, when you were conceived. Oh, conceived. Be the conceived. Gotcha. But when she was born, it took so long to come out that they had to use the vacuum, and so it like made all the fluid in her brain come out like oh. the top because as a baby that explains a lot. Head's actually. not fused, so she had this huge bump on her head. Cone head. For about two or three Did days. Have to, you have to put her in a helmet. No, it went down after oh, a couple of days, but it was just because like. She was in labor for like 24 I, hours. I came out and my shoulder was poking out, not my head. And they're like, fuck, cut her open. <laughs> cut her open real fast. <laughs> pulled me out. But his shoulders are still in Yeah. So, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know how it worked for you guys. But when we when I was in middle school, like sixth, seventh grade, the coach, the like PE teacher would come in when you're in the locker room and while you're all like undressed, basically, and have you bend over and then like check the the okay, alignment. I was shaking spine. my head yes because they check you in, in middle school, but not like that. This is how it happens. No, in the Wyoming. scoliosis check and they you, check the little like, your, dimples your, right you, above your. But butt. your PE teacher went in while you were changing into that. Yeah, we had to do it in the locker room. Yeah. See. So it wasn't just me. I never had that. Me Maybe either. you guys just blacked out that experience because they were even more aggressive for you. It's possible. Green? Probably because they're still doing them. Or or because you grew up in West Valley and they don't give a fucking Granger. They're like, everyone's got scoliosis. That's it's probably like, more likely. It's like the kids in Daybreak. They're all going to have cancer. They don't need to screen them. Granger was in high school. You guys are talking about middle school. Oh, that's true. Where did that would have been when we had the Liger. That was our... junior high. Oh, but the that's Liger. Even worse. That's even less of a shit they give for middle schoolers. At least in high school, you can produce for the community by working at McDonald's. But in middle school, like (laughs) you're the middle schoolers are, by the way, the worst fucking age for kids, period, because they're no longer innocent elementary school kids that that fear that they're going to get in trouble if they do something wrong. And they're not dipshit high school kids who just think they're right about everything, but understand they have to start taking responsibilities and like 
understand that like socially they need to be a little bit more reserved so they can fit in. No, middle school kids are like, fuck the elementary school kids and the high school kids aren't cool as we are. We're just awesome. And they're the worst fucking kids. <laughs> they are. It's the no man's land. Like the, the teachers that teach middle school have a special place in my heart. Just so you know, in Utah, it's pretty much junior high, not middle school. Doesn't Even though my kids went to school. It doesn't matter. School. It does. Same it's different. thing, though. They it's call different. it middle school. All the na- all the school's names have middle school in them, but they're junior high. Yeah. They're, so they're seventh, seventh through eighth, ninth. And ninth. Yeah. Yeah, ours was sixth, seventh, and eighth. So was my girls. Yeah. But so I, my girls actually went to a middle school. But. I grew up in a different place at a different time. I don't know how the fuck we got all the way over here to middle schools from Julia's conception. That's a, <laughs> so you were born, you got to middle school, you went to high school, and now you do other See, things. now you're about there. That's pretty much your, where you're at. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I've told are, Julia's life. Jeremy, you need to clean your glasses because they're making me crazy. What's wrong well, I need with a cleany wipey thing. <laughs> I need a cleany wipey thing. Clean, I'm gonna wipe that. Write that down. Wipe that this down. episode brought to you by Cleany Wipey Things. Cleany Wipey Thing. Uh, that might actually be the show title at this point because uh, that's a pretty good show title, Jeremy. Thanks for that. Anytime. Uh, uh, should we get an update on the urban farming situation? Oh yeah. So oh well, I gotta I gotta update us on the rat situation. Oh, that's better. Thank you. We got another one over the weekend, and it was a pretty big one, and it was still alive because we caught it in the live trap put it in the garbage, and Julia was really upset that it was still alive, so Jonathan shot it with a pelican. In the garbage? In the garbage. You just threw a live rat in the garbage? I wanted to go free him in the field. Wait, you just threw a live rat in the garbage? That's how I always do it. He was all by himself in an empty dumpster. No, the big big green city. Oh, they can't get out of that. No, they just... If it's full of... What they do... So here's what happens when you throw them in the dumpster. I don't want to know. Yeah, take off your headphones, because I'm going to explain it for our (laughs) listeners. No, our listeners don't want to know either. Although I'm going to tell a really gross story. We had a mouse at work, and it got stuck in one of the bug sticky traps, and it was completely stuck to the bug sticky trap. So just screaming. We tried to pull it off, but it was freaking out, and so we didn't have a way to kill it. So we put it in a bag, and we put it under a tire and just ran it over really fast. I think shooting it with a pelican's quicker. We don't have a pelican at work. <laughs> you, know, you know what's not quicker? It dying either slowly of heat exhaustion because it's inside a fucking garbage can that's getting pelted with sun and no airflow, or it dying of starvation because it's in there without any food, or probably more likely dehydration because there's no fucking water and it's going to sit there for a week. You're so mean. It was garbage day right after they okay, well, then that's okay. the trash. So see, it was okay. No, like... It was one week until they would oh, empty yeah. it again. Well, you just brought them in from the curb. He would have died of dehydration. Died anyway. This yeah. is a pretty big one. Anyway, so so that, and then we worked with we, we Jeremy's torture hut. <laughs> that makes 12, though. 12 rats. I know. That's fucking insane. We have caught in the last, like, three weeks. And you guys are all clear in Ebola? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. I'm just making <laughs> sure, because that's the big one. Is right. it Ebola that you get? Ebola. Ebola. I don't think it's the same as Ricola. And we tilt gardens for like three quarters of the day Saturday. But you guys got a like automatic filler? I borrowed my neighbor's. Yeah, gas power filler. Bring it over here and do my little garden. It's good. It's nice. I got a. Uh, I got one of those things that you stick in the ground and you turn it. Oh yeah, the up. little handheld. Thing I'm like, this will be fine. That's still too much still work. I want to get at least a small. The mantis, like the rolling tiller. Oh, the little mantis tillers are like. The small ones, gas-operated, but they're relatively inexpensive, and for your garden, it'd be perfect. Yeah. How much are they? 
60, 70 bucks. Okay. So cheap enough that I shouldn't rent it. I should just go buy yeah, one. I wouldn't rent it if you're going to get one well, of those. Well, because I'm going to expand it. I'm going to pull it all the way out and square it off, I think. Uh, I also need a stump. Grinder. I want him to do it round, but he won't. That's too fucking big of a pain in the ass. To do a round bed? Yeah. i got to pull all the weeds Not circular, out but like just round the corner so, so it's not... Po- with you guys, because I know you get a lot of weeds and shit in your garden beds. <laughs> like, do you pull those and then till it, or do you just till it up? I just tilled everything. Just put it back under? Yep, I just tilled everything, and we... I got, I don't even know how many buckets of chicken poo out of the chicken coop and put it in there, and then I also took the two compost beds and spread those out. And just... So my compost, I don't know. How, I, I should be harvesting it this year, the mm-hmm. bottom of it, but I don't exactly know how to harvest the bottom of it with the top of it still having stuff on it. So the way I do it is I just, but mine are a little bit different. I just because you lift the box, I out lift the box just, out of the way, and then I, the top stuff just goes back in it. The stuff that isn't so just pull that out and throw it mm-hmm. on the. So ground. what you could do is just pull that out. Does yours come apart, or does yours? There's have a, a door. I have a door that I put on the front of it, so I'll have to put it in a wheelbarrow. Yeah, so if you just take out the stuff that's not composted, set it to the side, pull out the good stuff, and then just put it. Because there's some, there's, some of that's been going for two years now. Yeah, so that's stuff two at the seasons. bottom. So mine, the bottom, like, nine, ten inches is just black as can be. Yeah, I, I think that's what mine's going to be. Because, like, this winter, it started, like, way above it, and now it's below it, even with the stuff that hasn't composted the lily stems still. And tons of centipedes. The chickens love them. I was hand-picking yeah. them, giving to them to the, the chickens. chickens. Just pull them out of the, out of the soil and throw them to the chickens. I had a little bucket. I was putting on all the centipedes and the spiders and the worms and just go dump so, them well, out the chickens. Well, we let the chickens come out, but while you're working, they won't hang out by you. But, yeah. but man, they loved it. They're all over that. Oh, sure, dude. That's like better than stupid bullshit chicken feed. Absolutely. Well, they're trying to eat the compost year-round anyway, so this is the one time they can eat the yeah. compost dirt. That's true. That's true. Well, they help make the compost too, right? Because they peck away at shit. Oh yeah, like yeah, and well, and they scratch it up. And, yeah, yeah. So anytime we let them out, that's the first thing they do is jump in the compost bins. <laughs> <laughs> What's in here that hasn't fucking rotted yet? Yeah, we oh, got we got rotted. rats and trash chickens here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe you guys live in the bad part of the May, and maybe that's it's us that are white. Trash. I don't know. Have you seen their neighbors? I think they're fine. True, our, our million dollar neighbors. Yeah, it's, well, your million-dollar neighbors and our neighbor that freaking, I'm going to redo this whole yard, and now he's got, like, two lawnmowers in the back, and I don't know whatever else he's He doing. hasn't done a goddamn thing to that house. <laughs> he comes in, he's like, I'm going to put in a fence, I'm going to redo the yard because I got my kids, I'm going to do that. He hasn't done a fucking thing to that house. Is it that is still next a neighbor? pile of shit, yeah. And didn't the kids get taken away Fucking Ron. No, uh, they got divorced and they did with the wife. Oh. Yeah, but they, they've been over, and I'm pretty sure he's got a new girlfriend. And there's always like four cars in the driveway now. So I don't know if he's collecting cars or he's picked up some roommates. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to sell next year, go to somewhere smaller, like get an apartment or something because it's just me. I don't need all this. I'm like, dude, fucking sell now. Your house is worth a shit ton of money. Yeah, sell now. Don't wait till the economy tanks. Yeah. Why don't you just wait a couple more years until it's not good? I'd like you to leave because the person that buys your house is going to have more money than you and probably take care of their fucking house. It's true. <laughs> It's kind of my attitude right now. I'm like, well, every time a house goes up for sale in our neighborhood, the chances of it being a shitty neighbor go down significantly because the house is up. Yeah, they're not $200,000 homes. There's been a house on our walk um, that's been vacant but taken care of. So, like, whoever owns it must must have cared about it or whatever. It's finally, like, occupied. Occupado. 
And it's been forever. We've seen other houses selling stuff, so I don't know what they were doing. Maybe they were like slowly remodeling. Maybe there were squatters shitting in there. You don't know. (laughs) Um, I clearly don't know. uh, Jess, how was your weekend? Oh, it was a a crazy week. As you know, I missed last week's show because I had three cakes last week, and they all went off without a hitch. Thank heavens I took that extra time. Um, And then um, last week I found out that I have a squamous cell carcinoma, so that's been my week. Oh, shitty. Yeah. Shitty. Where at? Um, I have it on my face and on my arm. That's so good. I'm sorry to hear that. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's That's... quite the, like, I know I'll be fine, but, like, it's still cancer. And mm-hmm. I'm learning, like, how little people, including myself, know about skin cancer. So It's, uh, it's pretty crazy shit. It is. Yeah. So um, most people, if you talk to them, they'll be like, I had it. And you're like, okay, so... What kind did you have? And they're like, basil. I'm like, well, that's perfect. 4.3 million people get that. Yeah, that's the common one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so 1 million people get squamous cell cancer. And um, and I don't have the numbers on melanoma. But I do know that squamous can be more deadly. I mean, I'm not dying. But there, it's just very interesting like how uneducated people are on something that's so common. So yeah. I'm – that's – how I'm feeling. It's still cancer. And it's my face, so... <laughs> face cancer. Yeah. <laughs> not, no, skin uh... cancer of the face. <laughs> is, there, is there a cancer that is face cancer? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like mouth there's cancer. throat I got, cancer, yeah, and mouth cancer. I went to the dentist last last week, and I got screened for mouth cancer. She, like, rubbed my face. She was, like, giving me a facial massage, and then she stuck her fingers in my mouth, and she's like, don't worry. This, I'm just checking for cancer. Oh, that's what she said? Yeah. I don't know if that's really what was going on. <laughs> then why did I have to take my shirt off? <laughs> she just wanted to see my, she wanted to see my man titties. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, she was into dad bods, like really overweight dad bods. There's nothing wrong with that. The beard and the dad bod. <laughs> uh, you're rocking that. You can't pass it up. Oh, speaking of like the beard and stuff, you didn't write this down, but Chris went to smash it with his um, oh, yeah. co-workers. And I saw Kat Palmer had posted that she had gone to smash it with her girlfriend. And so I was like, hey, Chris was there yesterday. And she was like, oh, did he see me? And I'm like... I don't think so. He was with a, um, his coworkers, and she's like, well, I saw a bunch of guys in the back with beards. Was that them? I'm like, yeah, that was totally them. So they were there at the same time, but didn't, but yeah, with masks and everything. And I could even see myself in the background of the video. That's but funny. it was funny, like with masks and everything, they didn't really know Realize. that they were both there at the same time. I was also trying to harangle my entire team, which, you know. I don't know. Some they're all older, and sometimes it's like hurting cats, and sometimes it's less like hurting cats. Just making sure we progress through what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> that place is pretty cool. Though. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. I suggested it for our summer party. It's uh, it's it's pretty cool. I don't know if it's quite up to par with what you guys would want to do for the summer party, but um, basically, you can either bring your own shit or you can go there, and they have basically the rejects for the di <laughs> go there to die. Uh, literally, because it's like old stereo receivers, and they won't let you do like old CRT monitors and the old CRT TVs because a lot of them have mercury in them. Gotcha. So you can't smash those there. But they had like like crock pot bowls, 
and like um, you know most of the electronics like clearly clearly were not in any kind of functioning state anymore. Old cell phones, answering machines. I don't think uh, it would be fun to destroy a cell phone. So I'll tell they're you, they're so little. No, they're great to smash a cell phone and just let it. So someone grabbed a, like a printer scanner thing, and the glass just fucking flew everywhere. I don't think they intended for it to have glass in it. Um, you can also just throw like glass bottles against the wall. That's what Cat and her girlfriend, uh, which is really cool. But their glass supplier had a low supply, so like, we don't have any glass. And then Cat and her partner showed up, and they had glass magically. So I don't know if Cat brought it or if they like, <laughs> got it there. Maybe um, they were just cuter than you. Let me tell you though, because it's like you go into this room, and there's all kinds of garbage all over the room because everyone's been smashing in there. And so you can pretty much the trick I think is you can get like like pay them for a couple of things to smash and this fucking hit shit that's in the room already because there's so much stuff that's not completely smashed in the yeah, room. Yeah, but how much more fun is it to smash something that nobody smashed? Oh, before? it's a lot of fun. That's why you get a couple of things to smash. I'm still I'm still on the fence about how I would feel about it because I have a problem with like when messes are being made and I have to think about the fact that they have to clean it up. That's their job. They, yeah, they operate that, a business specifically know, for that purpose. I know, but it, it bothers me in movies too, and I don't have to clean that <laughs> up either. We uh, so so we brought a few computers, like old computers that we had taken the guts out of to smash. Uh, and this, I will tell you, the most everything smash is really easy when you hit it with like a fifteen pound sledgehammer. To be clear, they also had baseball bats and golf clubs and crowbars, but a fifteen pound sledgehammer was the weapon of choice for most of us. And uh, the one the one item that was really difficult to break, it took two of us uh, a lot of hits to actually break it. You know those fucking Game Boy, or not the Game Boy, but the Nintendo Wii balance boards? Oh, yeah. Oh, the Wii Fit boards? Those are fucking strong as shit. We could not break the damn thing. I'm not kidding. It took like 20 hits to fucking like crack through it. And it still didn't like break in half. It just like opened up. They're really strong. It's made to like dance on and jump up and down and on. And yeah, it clearly is very sturdy. Very light. Probably didn't cost but a couple bucks. Unlike some of the things that were really heavy and shattered in one hit, that thing took a beating for sure. <laughs> we were playing baseball with stuff. Like we were throwing keyboards up in the air and swinging sledgehammers like baseball bats instead of the baseball bats that they had because sledgehammers. That's cool. So, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And we ate at uh, Pepito Moe's. Which is right there around the corner on 13th and um, um, whatever street that is, 3rd West, I think. Uh, it's a, a Puerto Rican place. And this uh, Mafungo. Mm, Mafungo. Used to be a food truck, I think. Maybe they still operate that. That was good, too. Nice. I don't know too many places you can get Mafungo in uh, Salt Lake. That would be the only one that I know yeah. of. Do you, you even know it. what Mafungo is? I do not. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, ma- it's basically like mashed plantains. Oh, with chicharrones and some sauce and meat. That sounds pretty good. I like mafongo, but you have to like plantains a lot. I like plantains. Yeah, they also do a lot of like plantain chips and stuff. I like plantain chips a lot. Where they, like smash them and deep fry them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a bunch of that. You would like stuff. that place probably. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't know what else. What's going on? April tenth, COVID's over. That's what they April, say. April 11th, right? Because it why expires the heck, on the 10th. Why the heck is it over before I get my second shot? What the crap? Well, you know, you were late to the party on getting shots. You need to get yourself a health condition. Apparently, I need to get fatter yeah. and I need to eat more sugar and I need to... Or be a frontline worker. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you be either... No, I want to keep looking look, home. Be either unhealthy or a frontline worker. Those are your choices. That's what I did. But got 
unhealthy? No, I'm she's a frontline front line worker. worker. <laughs> that's what that Sean's been freaking vaccinated forever. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but you know, Utah's doing a really good job because Cassie is in Denver and she doesn't have the opportunity to get vaccinated, I think, until May. Yeah, Denver is not, uh, Colorado's not doing a great job. Not just Denver, Colorado as a whole. So, what are they saying on the 10th? No masks anywhere or so the, still up to... It officially... No, no, no. So the legislature passed and and uh, Cox signed a piece of legislation that said the official mask mandate is over on... It expires April 10th, meaning it's 11th. There's no more mask mandate. Now, that's just, that's just the statewide mandate. I think counties can still, um, with the permission of the governor, can still uh, have their own mandate. So I... Assume Salt Lake County will probably keep one, and every other county in the state will get rid of it because that's Utah. Um, but there's also a whole bunch Utah of Utah County never even really yeah, obeyed it, it in the first place. That law also contains a whole bunch of other provisions for like easing restrictions and increasing gatherings. So like the mask mandate is lifted for gatherings of less than fifty, I think. Um, they're still urging everyone to wear your masks and do the right thing, but the state doesn't want to mandate it because people will do the right thing, which is not the case. <laughs> so all the Karens don't have to wear their mask anymore and yeah. cause a scene? No, they'll cause a reverse scene. So what they'll do now is like, you'll be wearing a mask and they'll come up to you and be like, you know, there's no mask mandate. You don't have to wear that. And you can say, well, I like And then what it. you do is you take your mask down and you go, you? Right in her face. Right in the microphone. <laughs> uh, that was my point. It was right in her face. Yeah, but it was loud. You could have done it behind the microphone a little. Those poor people with their headphones on. They're just listening to this at work and then... Sitting at their office and they're like, motherfucker, will fix it. Right into me. No, I <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> they're getting that full throttle. That isn't even... Okay, so that was loud. That's not like Bree's real sneezes. That's like... A tenth of what her real sneezes are like. They are violent beasts. <laughs> They're violent beasts. Anyway, uh, so there's a bunch of other provisions that have to do with opening up different things and increasing the amount of people that can be at events based on caseloads and stuff. But I got to be honest, we had less than 200 cases today. Like, that's a good milestone. I remember back in March, we were like, yeah, 200 cases. Like, that's dangerously high, but we're good. We're, we're flattening that curve. And then this, <laughs> then over like the holidays, it was like 5,000 a day. We're like, holy fuck. But we shut the whole state down when it was like 25. Well, that, there was a purpose to that. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that was the best way to handle it. Uh, it was a knee-jerk reaction to really shitty data, which, by the way, if you want, 60 Minutes just aired a fucking special about the World Health Organization's complete flubbing of handling of of uh, the COVID, um, basically the research into where the fucking origins of COVID are, and the World Health Organization just leaked uh, their their report on possible causes, which they still haven't determined the actual cause because fuck all, we're never going to find out truthfully from China, uh, and they're still downplaying the the lab the lab portion. Like, how the fuck could they play it up? Like, China, the the interview basically, uh, Jamie Metzl was one of the guys that they interviewed, and he basically said. Um, well, yeah, like, what are they supposed to do? Like, they had access to the lab for three days. And in those three days, they weren't given anything. They could ask for documentation, but they weren't given anything. China controlled all the information coming out of there. You saw them hush scientists publicly. Like, they just, like, disappeared. Anyone that spoke out disappeared. So I liken it to Chernobyl. Like, are you going to – and I think he did it in the interview, too, which is, like, 
are you really? Do you think when Chernobyl happened, if the U.S. was like, "Well, let us send in some investigators and see what happened," that Russia was going to fucking let us do it? No, no, they wouldn't <laughs> let. It, they didn't let anyone in. They fucking lied about it in the face of like massive radiation readings from the rest of Europe. They lied about Chernobyl melting down for a long time. It's the same thing. Why the fuck would China admit to having a virus get out that has created a global pandemic? That's a dumbass thing for them to admit as a country. <laughs> Well, and when we shut down, we shut down to give hospitals time to um, figure out how to take care of people. We know now. Yeah. Well, and we did that, and it it helped hospitals from being overrun and us turning into what happened in New York, which was, oh, no, just fucking keep them in the nursing home. Or or beds (laughs) in the hallways and and temporary hospitals and things like that, which that's not going to happen now. Even if we have a surge, that's not going to happen. Right. We have a lot of hospitals here. Well, we also know, I mean, we also know, like, you don't fucking put people on ventilators right now. Like, that's one of the very last things that you should be doing. And early on with COVID, we were putting people on ventilators really fast. And what I think we all, I say we all, what the medical community learned is the ventilators were doing more damage than they were good. And so they... Isn't that what was causing pneumonia and giving them other... Yeah, I mean, so that, like, if you look at, if you look at numbers, the interesting numbers, especially in New York, tell the story of... You know, people dying of COVID, but, you know, pneumonia-related deaths were way down compared to normal. Well, that that's normally because of flu, but they were sticking so many people on ventilators, you don't die from pneumonia when you're on a ventilator, right? So there, there's a bunch of, like, really cool data that you could get into if you want to. Um, I don't want to do that on this show, though, because this isn't about COVID. <laughs> It's about whatever we want it to be about. But it should be about Utah, right? Because we mostly stay on topic. How about, how about these facts? There's 878,000 uh, Utahns that have had their first shot, and which is up 16,000 from yesterday, Monday. Those numbers then, are falling off, too, because we were doing like 25,000 a day for a while. Right. And then 487,418 people are fully vaccinated, which is up uh, 8,500 from yesterday. And it says that 26.9% of Utahns have had one shot and 4.9% are fully vaccinated. That's so, right. But our numbers are going to be low anyways because our population is so young. So, yeah, we do have a lot of kids true. under 16, although they. They are now doing tests, uh, vaccination trials on kids. Yes. To try and get kids vaccinated, which is a big deal. I think they have kids as young as six months. Hey, also, who's grateful that the U.S. didn't approve AstraZeneca? (laughs) (laughs) Like every country in the world that's using it, it's like, "Eh, let's maybe stop now. Actually, this is probably uh, not as good as we thought. Canada has joined the ranks of several others at this point, so... Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, – uh, oh, look, the new numbers just got updated, 24 va- 24,000 vaccinations reported now. So For today? Uh, yeah. When was this updated? One o'clock. So, yeah, the numbers on Monday were not very good for vaccinations. They never are. I think the weekend kills it because, like, what I've noticed when I signed up for my vaccination is usually, like, Friday through Monday – all of them get their vaccination dose counts and open up their appointments. And by like Thursday, well, by like Monday afternoon to Tuesday, all the vaccination appointments are full and um, they're, you know, vaccinating throughout the week and on the weekend, no one vaccinates. Most of them don't do vaccination on the weekend, Mm -hmm. which if you're looking then at the numbers, 24,000 a day seems to be 24, 25,000 a day seems to be the, 
the amount of doses that they're handing out. Um, so I, I think they're probably vaccinating at the, at the rate that they want to. The trick is how do we get all the dipshits that think the vaccine's got uh, autism causing stuff or a fucking microchip in it to there's, go get the vaccine? There's no fixing stupid. You're not going to convince them. But that's, that's just it. We're never going to hit herd immunity if we can't get those idiots to go vaccinate themselves. I feel like the only thing that's going to get them to vaccinate is requirements for travel or work or and a lot of jobs aren't are still aren't requiring it. No, they're still going to throw a fit and call the cops on their boss and stuff, though. I hate people so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Should we do the takeout food bracket? Because it's going on right now. Should we save it? Sure. We should do it. Do it. Um, I haven't looked at it in a week. So I'm treating it kind of like, because I'm not voting, um, but I'm treating it kind of like uh, I treat the actual bracket, which is I created a bracket and I entered a couple of, of bracket groups. And then I look at it on Monday morning when ESPN emails me to tell me my score to see how shitty I'm doing in my groups. Because <laughs> I'm not good. I'm not good at all. I've done a bracket one time. It was for March Madness. I got 0%. The odds of getting 0% are, are like the as, odds of winning. Yeah, they're about as good as the odds of going all the way. <laughs> they're slightly better just because there's less picks you have to fuck up. Because um, if you win, you have to go through all the rounds. But if yeah. you get 0%, you, you're Zero. out. One and done, as they say. Uh, okay, so KSL, they, they do brackets typically every year around March Madness. Um, they've done restaurants, and they've done... But I think this is the first year. Have this is the first year they've done takeout specifically, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think because it's it's COVID, right? So I would assume so. It would make sense. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go through. Should we just go through where it stands now? Now that we're yeah. down to like Sweet yeah. Sixteen, I think, because there were sixty four to start, uh, and that's a that's a lot. Uh, okay, so we're in the Sweet Sixteen, and so we have Red Iguana, and the Mandarin. And this is what's interesting. It's takeout. It's supposed to be takeout focused, but I think what we've got here is some restaurants winning purely based on, because those are both perennial favorites in City Weekly, right? Uh, we have Cafe Rio up against Lucky 13. Should we should we tell who the winners are? Because I think this is the these are winners. I think they have their percentages because they're done voting. Sure. For, well, for that bra- yeah, for this particular bracket, and then they'll take it down to the final yeah. four, and then the winners, yeah. So Red. Iguana. Uh, that doesn't make sense. That must be the okay. So Red Iguana had beat previous previously the Himalayan like in a fucking landslide. Uh, anyway, um, now these must be overall voting percentages because this doesn't make sense why they would have eighty one and Himalayan would have sixty one percent. Okay, so anyway, Cafe Rio against Lucky Thirteen. Uh, Moochies is up against the Dodo. Uh, long live Moochies because I don't think the Dodo is that good. It's not. Um. It's definitely overrated. It's like hipster meets fine dining, and the food's just average. Yeah, um, that's a good description of it. <laughs> that's I should write um, food reviews. You should for, like high, you should, high food. That that can be your TikTok. That can be your TikTok shtick. No, there's already some really good food reviewers in Salt Lake. I follow, <laughs> but not like that. Yeah, maybe I'll just do food review haikus. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I would I'm join TikTok, Chris. I would join TikTok for that. I got a. I, I found a cat haiku counter uh, online the other day. Um, maybe I will. 
I'm going to try and see if I can figure I'm not going to do it right now because it'll take me like 20 minutes to actually figure out if that's a haiku and like count it on my fingers. And then I'll be like, wait, business. Business is actually, even though we say it as business, it's actually three syllables. It's business. Yes, it is. Go look it up. Listen, it's three I think syllables. once you get started with this, Chris, your brain's going to be so excited. <sighs> Man, I don't know. My brain is like half dead right now. Uh, so we have, then we have the, the pie against J-Dogs. And I got to be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of the pie as takeout for pizza. Uh, and J-Dogs is really good, man. Their hot dogs are good. The pie is nice. It's two syllables, Dorcas. It is technically three. I'm the pie is better. It's not. I'm looking at the freaking dictionary. Biz. <laughs> it's business. 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 You keep adding a third Biz- syllable when you say <laughs> it. Oh, it's business. You just get one by default. It's business. All right, we're going to move on, and we're not going to talk about it anymore. So the pie is a good eat-in place, so I agree with yeah. you take out. And the best thing about the pie as an eat-in place is all the restaurants are fairly dark, and so you don't really notice that the six pounds of cheese that is melted is not really so much melted anymore, and it's starting to form oh, like, layers yeah. of grease. That's a fact. Like, if you've ever taken the pie home, like, the pie is fantastic while you're there. Yeah. But if you've ever taken it home and put it in the fridge, the next day you open it up, and you're like, there's no way I'm eating that. They I cannot order it I at work. That. Yeah, like I don't know how I ate that last night. Like, holy shit, that's in my arteries. <laughs> it like bypasses your stomach and goes straight into your vessels. It's great. Um. Anyway, so then there's J Dogs, and they they make a really good hot dog. Though I gotta say, Dogs and Links, man, their dogs are good, but J Dog sauce is good. Then there's Mo Betta. Is Mo Betta a uh, Utah company? It is. Do yes. we know? Is yeah, it? I believe it okay. is. Yeah. Uh, Mobetta's. The thing about Utah companies like Mobetta's and they're up against Chubby's. Mo Mobetta um, is actually owned by a uh, another corporation. So they're not Utah. They might be Utah, but like they're like they got bought by a different corporation or something or something like that. Yeah, because um, we actually have a company that leases to one of their restaurants, and it's not. It's like leased to like Fresh Foods or. So they started the first one in Bountiful in 2008. Oh, okay. Good. There we go. So it at least originated here. No, that's, that's a means that's a Utah company. Uh, Rumbie is actually a Utah company as well. Yeah. But that's, what's, that's what I was going to say. What's kind of confusing sometimes is Utah companies like to, especially like um, quick serve restaurants, fast service restaurants like that, uh, like to present themselves as a chain from the get-go. So mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think because if you're Utahns in, like to eat from chains better. If you're an American Fork, that's basically the only <laughs> restaurant you'll go to. Um, I I I, I mean that's seriously, I think Utah County is a big deal. Like American Fork has so many fucking chains at it. Um, but anyway, they're up against Chubby's Cafe, which incidentally in American Fork, not to be confused with Cubby's, even though my daughter Sean calls Cubby's Chubby's. So now so she Cubby's made the mistake first. once, and now her friends just call it Chubby's. So I knew there I was Cubby's. I think the first one's out here in Saratoga Springs, and oh, then they really? opened AF, yeah. Because that they AF serve... one looks like it's been there forever, and it's old as fuck. So I knew there was Cubby's, the one that's and then on I the saw bend? Chubby's, and I'm like, wait a minute, have I been... Yeah, because Chubby's is on the bend of State Street, where American Fork turns mm-hmm. into, like, Linden or Pleasant Grove or whatever right. fucking town it is right there. I've eaten there a few times because I used to work down the street from it. God, that dog stinks. <laughs> um, they always have anyway. really good-looking burgers. But, Ch- but Chubby's is not like – Chubby's is, is a like dine-in diner. Like I don't see Chubby's as a good takeout spot necessarily. Though, I, I mean, I guess with COVID, maybe they've uh, really stepped up that game. 
Uh, then we have JCW's. Uh, is JCW's a local Utah burger joint? I think it is. I think it's only here. Um, I don't know. It's just like a fast food burger place. Uh, and then there's Bombay House, which I will say Bombay House's takeout is fucking spectacular. We get it frequently because it's not too far from us. Uh, then there's shitty R&R Barbecue. Yeah, I hate that. I do not like Arm Barber. It's just just average. Famous Dave's is better, and they're a chain. Like, (laughs) if you want a good barbecue, Bam Bam's fell off somewhere in a while ago, but Bam Bam's is still the best barbecue in in Utah, I think. Um, But they're up against the burger bar, uh, and so hopefully the burger bar just fucking smashes them into the ground. The problem is the burger bar is up in Ogden, well, Roy. Did you not get the most recent update on this? Uh, I thought it was on the most recent one. Am I a behind around? Yeah, because I sent you a <laughs> link to the most current one. <laughs> no, it's fine because you can see what We're they're up against. It up. So we got like, one more to finish up. Yeah, <laughs> Crown Burgers against the real Cubbies. That's right. a good. That's a good fight because I like them both for different reasons. I was reasons. just gonna say, oh, that's hard. Did you send it in the chat? Yeah, you did. Okay. No, you didn't. No, it's you send on it? The... It's on the. It's on the link on the Oh, notes. it's on the, yeah. the notes, the show notes page? Thank you. Yeah. The show notes page that I printed and then promptly closed because I'm a dumbass. <laughs> Go throw her ass outside. I can't believe I Burger Bar beat Pretty Bird. Um, I can because I don't think – here's the problem with Pretty Bird. Pretty Bird's fantastic. It's too specific. It's Well, one is specific. Also, two, it's downtown and they sell out by seven. Well, no, the and Sugar open. House. Sugar House is open now, too. You know what else is open? My dog's butthole. <laughs> and it is not good like Pretty Bird. Uh, no, I think um, uh, I, I think what... Uh, yeah, Julia is now feeling the effects. Give it over to Dad. He hasn't had it yet. I, I feel like um, that's probably its biggest uh, downside, though, is they run out of food. Like, they have a set amount they make every night, and they run out. So it's not like at 8.30 you can go there and get it. No, you go stand in line at 7 o'clock, and it's worth it. You stand in line at like a burger o'clock. bar. You get exotic meats. So like, yeah, you get like kangaroo burgers and yeah, and, and <laughs> yak burgers and alligator burgers and no yak for sure. Yeah, that's uh what no. Yep. <laughs> okay, so let's say the winners now. So so red okay. iguana beat the mandarin, and uh, cafe Rio has beaten Lucky Thirteen. That's what a, the hell? That's I feel sad about that. <laughs> Stupid Utahns. But cafe Rio is a Utah cafe original. Rio. It doesn't matter. It's like, Chris, you're talking about them being, like, marketed as franchises. That one is the epitome of that. For and so, sure. is Co- so is Costa Vida. Yeah. Because Costa Vida just was employees from Cafe Rio that made their own place. So I don't have any doubt in <laughs> like, my mind that Red Iguana is going to smear Cafe Rio all over the place. It better. Uh, uh, you have Moochies versus the Pie. So the Pie won against J-Dogs. I'm not really surprised. J-Dogs was just basically Provo only for a long time. Um, only in the last couple of years have they gotten stores elsewhere. So, But Moochies definitely beat the stupid hipster Dodo. And based on who's probably voting in this, Moochies is just going to win. Um, I don't know, though, man. The Pie has got a special place in people's heart. Anyone that went to the U. College, yeah. yeah. Well, it depends, though, because are you talking like – the pie or the pie pizzeria because salt, people in Salt Lake equate them differently. So they're the same thing. They're the same thing. Cause it doesn't matter if you go to South Jordan or you go up by the U, the pizza looks the same, which to be <laughs> fair, <laughs> to be fair, 
says a lot about them. Also, none of them, I know they have microbrew root beer on their menu. I have never <laughs> had it in like 15, like since I've been in college, I haven't had the root beer. Like that was the last time they had the root beer in stock. Uh, okay, Mo Betta's <laughs> beat Chubby's, and uh, JCW's has beaten the Bombay House, which is fucking absurd to me. But it was like neck and neck. It might yeah. be one of the closest races, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. except for Crown Burger and Cubbies is pretty close too. Yeah, JCW's had fifty-four percent uh, versus probably what forty-six of uh, Bombay. And I don't know. I've had JCW's like twice in twenty years. I don't think it's, it's just. Might as well go to Wendy's. It's about the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck me, R and R one. People love it. I don't know why. I don't know why either. I'm so disappointed in Utah. <laughs> and Crown Burger beat Cubbies. I'm okay with Thank that. Goodness. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yes. I like them both a lot. I know, but, but I, I think Crown I like Burger Crown. needs to go all the way. I definitely don't have a favorite there. So so we Crown have Red Iguana. Kind of just a classic. Red Iguana Cafe Rio. We have Moochies versus the Pie. We have Mo Betas versus JCW's. I hope Mo Betas wins because JCW's not that great. Um, and then we have R&R versus Crown Burger. So who has JCW had to beat? Let's see. JCW had to beat uh, Bombay House, before that Village Baker, and before that Slackwater. So the only, I mean, Village Baker and Slackwater, I feel like are better. In fact, all three of those are better than JCW. They are better. <laughs> I was a little disappointed Village Baker didn't make it further. Utahns have bad taste. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, okay, we've uh, we've spent uh, like 20 minutes on the takeout bracket, I think, so we can talk about, uh, it is the last week of the month. It is uh, a week that it's I almost am the last day of the month. Holy and entirely unprepared for. So thank God for Jeremy, Julia, Bree, and Jess because they're going to have to carry this. I I read Wikipedia. Uh, okay, so which is more than <laughs> I Are you usually... not even going to let me do my breaking Real Housewives of Salt Lake news? Oh, oh we I skipped that one. Okay, never mind. We're going to do Real Housewives of Salt Lake City update with it's Jess. It's super. Breaking news this afternoon, Jen Shaw federally indicted on fraud and conspiracy to launder money. What? Like gar- like drugs? No, fraud. Well, like, I know. Like she was selling, like her business was like marketing and like selling customer lists to people to build their businesses. Uh... But she basically scammed, I don't remember how many like old people but yeah her and her assistant federally indicted today wire fraud in a telemarketing scheme i I know i know what you were hoping for but it didn't happen (laughs) because like if anyone should be fucking investigated for fucking fraud it's goddamn mary the grandpa fucker and their stupid church (laughs) how often do churches get indicted for fraud so they're in the middle of filming this season and um, apparently they were getting ready to go to Colorado to film their, like every, epi- like every season does like a trip. Yeah. Um, and the, and the husband, Jen's husband called her and like, she had this elaborate story m- like made up and instead then the cop showed up to harass, arrest her today. So nice. So they're going to get all that on the fucking show, right? I would assume so. I would assume so. <laughs> She's going to federal white collar prison. I feel like um, Salt Lake City like, Real Housewives is going to go down in history as like one of the best Real Housewives uh, it, ever. It will be amazing. With, so with Grandpa fucker and someone going getting indicted on fraud, <laughs> like that's pretty fucking salacious. Go Utah. That's yeah. Awesome. 
Anyways, <laughs> really I good. just I feel yeah, like you was... should watch and, this show and, now. That feeling also, will go away, Jess. What? I said I feel like I should watch the show now, but that feeling will go away. <laughs> I don't even know what any of these people look like. And I don't know if you saw the news, but the Utah Jazz were flying out to go play their next away game and had to come back because they hit some birds and it was really <laughs> it was pretty bad. Like that, a plane? Was that like a like a? Yeah, like really. They were bad. all hanging out the windows, and they, they all were like fucking high five and fucking seagulls, dumbass. That would have been awesome. No, like a bus or a, no, like oh, a, a plane. plane. They were flying out. I didn't hear that part. They put on some bat wings and started flapping, <laughs> and birds started running into them. With Love the it. Plane? Like taking off, like there's a the ducks it's that hang out not, dude it's like, it was like it was probably like uh, well, who was that captain sully was that his fucking name the yes, miracle that on the hudson, hudson. hudson yes miracle on the hudson i can't exactly believe that get on the plane and then he says you're captain he's the captain you probably want to get off no dude that guy's a fucking no, great pilot he'll save you when you hit birds yeah what happened was that just that birds flew through the engine fucked up the engine and he's like you could like if you hear the radio playback that he's talking with 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 uh, with flight control or the towers or whatever the fuck it's called the people that, that don't actually look at anything but a radar screen the tower uh, <laughs> no because you know the towers are actually for ground control did you know that to Major Tom yeah that's exactly <laughs> it so the towers that you see at airports the people that sit on top of those those guys are just looking at the planes from above oh, so they can see where the to wall. direct them the people that really do the stress they just look at monitors they're in like locked basements looking at fucking radar well, they they're not look locked out. basements my <laughs> friend does it they're not in a locked but, basement but uh, he he basically radioed to, to him and he's like I'm not going to make it back I'm putting this thing down in the fucking Hudson and they're like what and then before you know it next thing he's like Landing in the Hudson, no one died, no one was seriously injured. Like, they all probably have cancer because they landed in a fucking dirty ass river. <laughs> that river's so good. Oh my god, this dog. Well, some of it is. I think the horn doesn't smell very good. Yeah, but that is not what the fuck. No, smell I said is. some. Sorry, Jess. We went from Real Housewives back to my dog's farts. <laughs> you just should be grateful that you're skyping in. I don't think you can smell it through the Skype, can you? Uh, you no. mic down by her butt. Let's see if <laughs> she can smell it. I'm not putting my mic down by her butt. Uh, okay, so it is uh, It is now that time, now that we've had that. That was a really good update, Jess, but I already don't want to watch the show again, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the, the last week of the month uh, this year is our uh, historically significant place in Utah, uh, and this week, uh, this month, we are doing the Rio Grande Station, uh, which we've talked about quite a bit because it's where Salt Lake Downtown Farmers Market has their winter market. Um, you know, Jess likes the building. They had the sign that they refurbished and put back up and did a different sign. And then the earthquake came and broke some stuff and they had to stop doing stuff there. You should see Chris's stuff. hand. It yeah, broke yeah. some stuff really bad. They're still fucking working on that thing. Yep. Uh, it, it didn't get a lot of good press lately because we had Operation Rio Grande because where Rio Grande was is also where the road home was. And there's big and drug problems. And that's just problem. a tent city. Yeah. Now there's a bunch of fucking tents where the road home used to be. It's great. We've been drove downtown Salt Lake a few times recently, where Road Homes Building used to be, which has been demolished. It's just a bunch of tents. Tent city. Yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. So anyway, in in all fairness, I've only read a little bit about it, so I thought I would let uh, you guys talk more about it because fucking Julia, I hear was like calling bitches and being like, <laughs> "Hey, I need to know the inside scoop on this." 
this place. I got a hold of the the contemporary art division person for the gallery. Oh, cool. Uh, they're all working from home right now, so I had to do quite a bit of phone tag during my break today. Um, and he didn't have a whole lot of time, but he did just kind of want to say that in the early 2000s is when the Utah Division of Art took over the museum, just made it a contemporary gallery. Um, due to COVID and the earthquake and stuff, they haven't been able to do a whole lot yet um, for the year, but they do typically have six art shows per year. But that, that's really all he had time to do. He was in the middle of calls. and So six art shows per year in the Rio Grande today. Correct. Well, and when we go through there, you can go in there and, and mm-hmm. just look at the out. art. They're just in the through the main, the main doors. Well, well, you can't right now. Well, no, but. <laughs> <laughs> so can we get in the Wayback Time Machine, like the yep. Wayne's World Time Machine? Okay, so I've got quite a bit of history. Um, so... The original opening, grand opening, for the depot was in 1910. However, they started applying for it, thinking about it in 1882, 1882, is when they started thinking that they needed to build this facility. Well, weren't they building it to compete with Union Pacific, uh, which was a much smaller building? Yeah, which actually opened the year before. Right. So, and you you got to understand, like back in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, like rail was the thing. Like rail was, stations were popping up all over the country. It was space travel. It, well, yeah, it wasn't just like me the East meeting the West in this gigantic country. Like the steam engine was it. Like people were people were building railroads. Or like this is how we move lots of people from one place to another really fast. A lot of the outlaws probably took the trains to get to Mexico, um, so it was it was big business, and being able to compete uh, was was of paramount importance. But it was very expensive to build railroads, and there was really only a a, a key handful of well, they were monopolies. Let's just call it what it oh, is. Oh yeah, absolutely. A handful of people, men who owned these different railroads, and it was all about competition. Yeah, the really really intelligent boys of the Union Pacific. Uh, that uh, built half the country's railway. Yep. And well, and so so speaking of the Union Pacific, they were originally not going to come through Salt Lake. Originally, Utah wasn't on the map. It was going to stick with Denver, uh, go down to Mexico, but but stay up more towards Denver to make its way across the United States. Yeah, and then cut around the Rockies basically as much as they could, right? Right, right. Was the original plan, but due to issues, due to problems. And then due to scandal, things had to change. So originally, uh, one of the big determining factors was they came up, the Union Pacific came up with a with a, a scheme with the Mormons and Brigham Young where they would pay the church $2 million to help build the railroad uh, from California to Colorado uh, with part of it going through uh, Weaver Canyon, Great Salt Lake, and Echo Canyon. So this was all part of the deal. So as they get going... Um, they make a few payments to the church, but they have all kinds of financial issues. There's a bunch of train wrecks that they're getting sued for back east. So by the time all is said and done, uh, they only end up paying 530000 of the $2 million promised. So in return, they sell the LDS church a bunch of the shares to the railroad, to the Union Pacific Railroad. So as soon as they actually open the railroad, so, so summer of 1869 is when – um, 
the, the railroad is officially opened. Promptly after that, the LDS Church sells all of their shares uh, to what will what will become what is it the Denver or what is it the Denver Rio Grande and so you, Western the Railway. The, Mo- the Mormons sold their shares of Union Pacific to the Western Railway, and the Western Railway then owned part of the Union Pacific because they were a competition at that time. And said, and said, if we can get the rights, we'll build the station. We'll run it through Salt Lake. Yeah. Well, and so part of that, too, though, well, because they, they built the Union Pacific station here. Right. Originally. And, and it's only a few blocks away. Yeah. And it opened the year before, but it was in direct competition. Yes. Yeah. So well, then Go ahead, Jess. Oh, I was just going to say the eyes were set on Salt Lake by William J. Palmer, who was an American civil engineer and had been uh, like a veteran of the Civil War. So he was the one that was like, we well, need to put this through Salt Lake City. Because originally the, the, the Rio Grande station was never supposed to be built here. The, it was just that that rail line that brought it here was just going to be a rail line from Colorado, basically Colorado down to Mexico through right. like El Paso. And uh, and there were just too many fucking problems because there was all this craziness that goes on through like New Mexico and Colorado. And uh, so they just said, well, scrap that. Let's go. Uh, I guess we'll go across to Utah because we need to move all these mining materials, basically. So I did find something interesting. So the, the, the two people, ultimate heads of everything was George Gould and Edward Harriman. I saw that too. Because we've talked in the past about how did Harriman get its name? Why didn't we do Harriman? There's a famous Utah. There you go. I don't know. It's one of those we couldn't figure out, but that's where Harriman comes from, the city of Harriman. He was the one who was the president of the Denver Rio Grande. And George Gould was head of the Union Pacific. Yeah, it was called the Denver Rio Grande for a long time, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. a long time. Well, and it was a it was a spectacle when it first opened. Like it had it was it was one of the first big like like stations where they had like a barber and a restaurant. Well, and then they had a lounge and a, yeah. So so there are a couple of key things I want to point out, but let's talk about that really quick. So one of the interesting things is the people who at the time lived right behind where the station is now lived on that west side of town. Were, were very much so opposed to it because they didn't want the roads being tore up. Um, houses had to be torn down, roads rerouted, and so yeah. And then now you're on, you're separated by railroad tracks, and, and now you're behind it. Yeah, and so they fought to keep it. But the business owners of Salt Lake City and the LDS Church fought for it, so it's not like you're going to win there. Yeah. Well, and. It, it actually split up the city, and when we started getting immigrants in, they all lived on the west side because it was the poorer side and the right. less it, the and less desired side, and it still exists and that way. And we joke today. about the west side of Salt Lake Valley but being that's the poor side, but that's true. Part of when it was split between east and west was the railroad. So a few funny things, well, I don't know if they're funny, but they're interesting. <laughs> so one of the main, one of the biggest... They're clearly funny. Chris just laughed. One of the big business owners in Salt Lake... Um, they were trying to get rid of the brothels. Well, not get rid of them, but, but relocate them because they didn't want the brothel brothels associated. They didn't want the brothels right next to the temple. Right. That doesn't look good. So what they did is they actually they could have. They actually formed. Can you imagine if like the temple visitor center was full of hookers? That's awesome. You go to be redeemed for your sins. Yeah, they take you up near Space Jesus. By Space Jesus. 
Christ, Jesus. Take you into this. We're going to get so much hate mail for the sacrilegious <laughs> that we're doing. So, they, so what they did is they set up the city. The city of Salt Lake set up a corporation to build these whorehouses on the, in the Greek neighborhood of the, the station. And they moved all the prostitutes there, and they promised them um, pr- police protection as long as they stayed with— Stay over by the Greeks. We'll, we'll hook you. Hook so as long up. as they stayed in that area. And then they brought a famous oh. madam from Denver— and I can't think of her name at the moment, but they brought a famous madam in from Denver to actually run it. So they hired the city of Salt Lake, built brothels, and then hired a famous madam from Colorado to come and run it. Wow. Moving ladies of the night to come run a brothel. So then because of it, so once it opened, the money that started coming in uh, produced bars, grocery stores, hotels. Um, at the time, one of the biggest hotels in the Western United States Five stories tall. Mm-hmm. Hey, on a, on a side note, um, just because the architecture and the cost is important, um, the cost in 1910 to build it was $750,000, yeah. as opposed to the Union Pacific Depot, which was only $300,000. Yeah, so that's and a huge difference. It is, but it also, there was a big issue because of one of the gentlemen who worked with um, DNRG, which I believe like ran the Union Pacific up in Ogden, um, was was this guy's brother. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And so and so there was a lot of like issues that created delays in the construction, and the the depot, if you go in and look at it, is Renaissance Revival and Bow Arts because of its high arched windows. Um, which originally were installed with green glass to keep the waiting area cool, um, which I think that would be really cool to see. And then in 1975, it was listed on the National Register of Historic Places, and the state of Utah bought it for a dollar in 1977. <laughs> but you know that's how most of those leases work, right? Like yeah, when, for when sure. I, so so for people that are not in the know. When uh, a, a municipality like a city or a state owns a parcel of land and they lease it out to something that serves the public like the Rio Grande Station at the time, they usually lease it out and they'll actually lease it on like a 99-year lease term with the option for the city to buy back the property or whatever at some point for a dollar, basically. So that's usually how that sort of thing works. So I went down a huge rabbit hole that I won't necessarily get into too far, but I did want to talk a little bit. Let's the, do it. The architect... Um, Henry Schlax. Oh, weird. You went down an architectural rabbit hole. Yeah, a big one. Henry Schlax, mm-hmm. and it was actually his brother who was one it of the vice presidents yeah. of the railroad. So they hire him out of Chicago. He'd already done a couple of other union stations. He did the one in Grand, or Grand Junction. So he had already done one before for the railroad. So they hire him to do this one. And the whole thing is just like every architect's nightmare reading through it. So what they do is they get started, and for whatever reason, they didn't sign contracts. It was all just like gentleman's agreement kind of thing up front. So he designs the original set of plans, uh, turns them in with a bill of $2,500, which back then, I that's a lot, $2,500. So they come back, though. The railroad comes back and says, this isn't a design that we want. We don't like it. You need to start over. And he says, fine, I'll start over, but here's the bill. You're going to pay for the original. And they said, why would we pay you for a set of plans of a building we're not going to build? Oh, that just made my blood boil because that's happened to me before. I've had that happen to me where people are like, well, we're not going to build the house, so we shouldn't have to pay you. 
So anyway, immediately that just – so they go back and forth, and they finally agree on a ridiculous amount for him to keep going. So as they get going – and back then, you have to keep in mind, back then, an architect was hired to run the entire project. It wasn't just designed. Yeah, no, the architect was a GC at that time. Yeah, so so they actually moved him here, paid paid for a house for him. He designed it, but then he ran the entire project for the five, six years that it was being built. So as this is going along, he's turning in his receipts for things and, and the bills, and the, the railroad comes back and says, we're only going to pay you 3%. And the way that it typically works is the architect back then got on average 6% of the overall cost. Wow. So he should have gotten 6% of that. 799000 or whatever it ended up being. Which does equate to $20 million today. In today's money is what his fee was supposed to be. However, you got to keep in mind, that was to run everything. That was a, a portion of that was to pay workers. So so when they came back and said, no, we're only going to pay you 3%, that was that was huge. So they finally argued and got it up to 3.5%. But it was delay after delay. And in the end... Um, the architect basically ended up holding the final um, inspection until they paid him and said, I'm not going to do the final inspection until you pay me. And they ended up only paying him uh, like 14000 was like the total that he got. Yeah. So that whole thing was a disaster. But that was $14,000 in $1,900. So. Right, in 1910. So it, it whole different value but yeah but how long so. did it take to get all that put together and how much effort was that right, you know for him well and like i said he held the final inspection he said i'm not going to give you the final inspection Smart man that's why you get half up front and you don't give them the final product till you get the other half of your money so he finally did the final inspection and the funny thing is when it opened there was no parades there was no grand opening it just opened and the first just like just like okay here's a train everybody get on so the inflation calculator suggests that uh, $14,000 in 1910 would be worth just under $400,000 today. Which, which, realistically, for an architect firm to design something of that yeah. magnitude, that's about right. That seems legit. I mean, if they're running the whole thing. That's, running the G- the whole that's thing. basically the GC and the architecture and engineer all rolled that into one. That seems actually pretty low if you're running the whole So. To build a building like that today, yeah. Well, that's all he got. He was supposed to get a whole lot more than that. Well, what about if we do, I think I just fucking closed that window. Damn it. So if you do the 800,000 times 6%, that will tell you what he should have gotten. Well, the rabbit hole that I went down was from an article that I read from the end of last year where they're talking about opening it up again as a station, but they're talking about taking out a bunch of tracks and putting some underground tracks and some... um, I can't think of a word I want, but they're they're going to they're like a thinking subway type thing. No, it wouldn't be tunnels. It would be open, open sided or something. But the, taking out a bunch of the the have you ever been on the train in Denver? It would be like that. Yeah, so Denver the Denver train like runs up high, but then it comes back down and comes like underground level for a lot of. But chunks. it's not underground, so it's like it would save like the open. cost of the tunnels and stuff. Oh. It would just you know be shoring up sides and and whatnot. Um, to try and reconnect the two sides of the city by oh. getting rid of a bunch of those tracks to kind of go back to what Dee Dee Cardini was trying to do when she created Gateway. Fuck, that's an old name right yeah. there. <laughs> Way to ruin two other malls to build one that no one uses anymore. Well, they do. We just were there. Um, 
Twice. It was touch and go for a few years with the gateway. Uh, I want to go back to that $750,000 number. That's a $20.75 million building. That's what Julia said. Yeah, she said that I missed it. $20 million. That's fucking crazy. I don't know if that building would cost $20 million to put up today. It depends um, on how you look at it. If you were to build it with the same materials and the same craftsmanship that they used back then, yes. Because everything was built by hand. All the plaster was done by true. hand. That's true. Like even all they the had metal marble in the lobby. Yeah. All of the woodwork yeah. was carved by hand. It wasn't stamped out on a machine like it is now. That's true. There wasn't all, like an awesome easy lathe that mm-hmm. like, did nope. all of it electronically. Every bit of it was done by hand. So all the carving. And they didn't have like cool nail guns. and the All the murals would have been painted by people on scaffolding. I mean, so if you were to put the same level of craftsmanship in it, yeah, it would probably cost that much, if not more. So in and out today, uh, it does nothing. It sits abandoned. <laughs> That's not true. It, it houses the... It houses the Utah State Archives. <laughs> there's, there's, it, and it's also the home to Which the historical. Closed. It's also the home to the historical society. That's where their offices are. Yeah. Uh, they also do, like Julia said, art shows. Uh, the, the farmers market, the winter market, has been held there for a few years. Um, there is a restaurant, the cafe, the Does Rio Grande Cafe, the is depot, there. which does the. No, work. they moved. Uh, the Rio Grande moved. People moved to their own building a long time ago. Oh. Yeah, the the Rio Grande Cafe moved. Yeah. yeah, the depot is a different building, Jeremy. Isn't it connected? I thought it was... No, the depot's no, at the gateway. That's at the oh, gateway. I think right. you can buy tickets still at the ticket at the box office right there, but... But, okay. Well, I know it's got a reception center in it. Yeah, uh, but to be fair, today, it's closed to visitors. It's under a lot of reconstruction from that earthquake. Yeah, the earthquake year. did a lot of damage. A lot. That's It's kind of interesting that we're talking to it about, about it now, because it's just... La- was it last week? Was the one year anniversary of the earthquake? Uh, yes. yes. Last week. So um, that's kind of timely. That wasn't even planned. Jesus. We're good at this. <laughs> We're accidentally good. Yeah, definitely it's an accident. Um, but yeah, you guys got anything else on the Rio Grande? I've got a couple things. Let's go. Here. Yeah. So while we were talking about like the cafe. There is a a ghost that hangs out at the cafe. Oh yeah, I was wondering. That's what I was, was going to talk about. about. I was wondering why Jess hadn't mentioned it. The purple lady. I was. I have it on my computer. I was getting ready. I was waiting my turn. <laughs> you can tell the purple lady. I'll tell the other one. Okay. Oh, go ahead. All right, purple lady. Um, basically, it was World War Two. Um, she and her fiance had a fight at the train tracks. Over... Did he push her onto a train? No, he threw the wedding ring onto the train tracks, and she went to go get it, and she was hit by a train and killed. Oh, but the train didn't derail and kill a bunch I... of other people. No, I don't know. Uh, that would be a way better there are haunting at least story. Seven spirits hanging out there, but um, she is often spotted near the cafe. She makes her presence known by singing in the ladies' room. Locking security out of the building and turning on all the water faucets throughout the cafe. Um, We have one other ghost who hangs out there a lot. He hangs out in the lobby, and that is the old station master. And he makes himself heard by setting off the security alarms and then turning on all the lights in the rooms that are locked. That's actually just that's actually just Fred the janitor. (laughs) Fred. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Where, how did he die? <clears throat> I'm not sure. 
He just he just he's wanted just, to hang out. He's just there. People like, just he, see him a lot. He came in, attached to someone on a train, decided the station was cool because the purple lady was hot and hung it's a hobo. There. He might have just spent so However, long there that one thing that a lot of people don't know is all of that area under there is connected through underground tunnels uh-huh. uh, from the LDS temple to the railroad station. There's all kinds of underground tunnels that link all of that that's been there for 100 plus years. You, you know where else there's a lot of tunnels like that? If you go to Wyoming, the University of Wyoming, almost every building on campus has tunnels connecting it. They're called the rape tunnels on campus <laughs> there. So in case you're curious, pretty self-explanatory why I'm guessing. A lot of the U is connected with tunnels, too. Yeah, there are a lot of tunnels. There are the probably U. rape tunnels, too. For people to know There's about There's the them. whole conspiracy theory about the tunnels with the temple. That's where they, all the church leaders take the little kids and do Get the along. thing in the underground of the temple. Oh, fuck. This is like... <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry to listen to this There's show. There's a whole thing on it. Look it up. Honestly, if you're a Mormon and listen to this show, you know. You know. <laughs> you know, it's not like we hide it. I mean, none of us, we, we don't hate the Mormons. They wouldn't have made it this far in the episode yeah. after our Jesus joke earlier. Hey, there's we nothing. We made a Jesus joke earlier? I talked yeah. about space yeah, Jesus. Space hookers Jesus. and space Jesus. Oh, I Ta- forgot about taking that. Taking you home to the Lord in the temple. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the acoustics are like in, like in the tabernacle building for sex. Oh <laughs> she did like a... Like had a porno film there, how the acoustics are? I don't know. But I always put <laughs> turtles up there. <laughs> that's it. I think that's how we're going to It's turtle do. talk. Uh, you know what? If you like the show, I'm sorry. <laughs> you should share it, but I'm really sorry. Um, and uh, if you don't like it, um, congratulations for fucking sticking around for an hour. I don't know how that happened. Here, smell this milk. I think it's gone bad. Oh my god! Smell this fucking dog fart. It's definitely gone. Yeah, bad. but that's <sighs> never mind. It's so. This is like I should just label this episode dog farts. It has been bad tonight. I think it's. I I think it's the horn thing she's chewing on. She's causing her farts to stop. Uh huh. Because it doesn't. It smells funny too, and she's just sitting there chewing on it the whole time. Uh, anyway, so if you like what you heard, share it. Uh, you can check us out on social media is at TNU Podcast. We do the tweets and the grams and the faces books. Um, we also have a website, thenewutah.com. It's full of all sorts of fun stuff, show recaps, and places you should go visit in Utah and people that we like and people. That and we soon, Chris, I'll be or... doing food review haikus and we'll link those to on TikTok. <laughs> oh, I should totally. I might. You should seriously do that. Just go get random takeout I should. and try out some like weird thing that most people don't get, and then make a haiku. Man, I'm totally, on, I'm totally on trying new restaurants and stuff. Like I'm, I'm definitely into doing that. So hmm. there's a new sushi. Funny. There's a new sushi place over in Jordan Landing. I need to try called like uh, Obey or Ko or Koa or Koi Sushi or something. <laughs> something. It's got an O and a K in there, I think. I'm not sure. Okay. It's okay sushi. Okay sushi. <laughs> sushi okay is okay. Uh, I think that's it. <laughs> I don't have any more. I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> thank you for sticking around. Uh, next week, I don't know what we're doing. Just tune in. It'll <laughs> we'll be something it different. We'll fun. have a guest and we'll talk and yeah. probably say something offensive. Bags to beds guest, guys. Bags to beds. Bad. Yep. It's a non- local nonprofit. There we go. We're going to talk to a cool nonprofit organization. Isn't her uh, name Emily? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Emily, yeah. come back. I don't like saying the guests out loud before they're on because then they end up. Sometimes they cancel. Yeah, like last like minute they have to cancel. I'm like, shit. Oh, I was excited for that one. I fucking canceled the third time now. Right. Then we get them on like four years later, and we're like, what the fuck, man. <laughs> That so happened. That has happened, people. That, that has that actually, actually has happened. happened. Where it took us like three years to get a guest to finally get their schedule lined up. So, anyway, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, I am going to leave this room because I might throw up if I have to smell more of these farts. <laughs>